all month long on Womanica, we're sharing stories of muses, a subject close to Mercedes-Benz history. Named Mercedes after the daughter of an early patron of the company, Mercedes-Benz forever carries the spirit and legacy of this young muse. Now, Mercedes-Benz is lifting up the next generation of inspiring young women. In another special episode tomorrow, hear from a Virginia high school student committed to making the fashion industry more sustainable. Learn how future leader Mercedes Kim is chasing her dreams on tomorrow's bonus episode, brought to you by Mercedes-Benz. Before we get started with today's episode, I want to let you know that it contains mentions of suicide. Hello, from Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, and this is Womanica. This month, we're talking about muses, women who are drivers of creativity and inspiration. Today, we're talking about a woman who was the final muse for celebrated French modernist painter, Henri Matisse. Let's talk about Lydia Delectorskaya. Lydia Delectorskaya was born in Tomsk, Russia in 1910. She fled her homeland during the Russian Revolution and settled in Harbin, China, a safe haven for Soviet refugees. When Lydia was 12 years old, both of her parents died, and she spent the rest of her childhood living with her aunt. At the age of 20, she married a much older man, and the couple moved to Paris. The marriage ended after just a year. Lydia was well-educated and wanted to be a doctor like her father had been, but her divorce left her almost penniless. She briefly studied medicine at the Sorbonne in Paris, but soon couldn't afford the tuition. During her next equally disastrous relationship, Lydia moved to Nice in 1932, where she bounced between jobs as a film extra, model, and dancer. Matisse was also living and working in Nice, and Lydia responded to an ad to be the aging artist's temporary assistant. While Lydia was working for Matisse, his wife became ill and Matisse asked Lydia to stay on as her caretaker. At first, Matisse overlooked Lydia as a potential muse. She wasn't like the dark-haired, olive-skinned models he typically painted. Matisse later called the blonde and blue-eyed Lydia Snow Queen. But one day, he noticed Lydia daydreaming with her head lying on crossed arms. Her relaxed pose captivated Matisse, and the artist quickly began the first of hundreds of sketches of Lydia. Soon, Lydia became Matisse's favorite artistic inspiration. In 1935, Lydia began sitting for a new Matisse painting. For six months, she posed for hours every day as Matisse crafted his famous work, The Pink Nude. Art historians estimate that Lydia is depicted in more than 90 Matisse paintings. But Lydia wasn't just Matisse's model. As time wore on, she began to take on more responsibilities and was soon running his entire studio. She became vital to Matisse's daily routine, and Matisse's wife took notice. Matisse's family didn't like Lydia, and many assumed the two were entangled in a romantic affair. But Lydia and Matisse always denied being lovers. Matisse's wife didn't care. Lydia later said, Madame wanted me to leave. Not from female jealousy, there was no question of adultery, but because I was running the whole house. Eventually, Matisse's wife gave him an ultimatum, me or her. Matisse protested, but still fired Lydia. Lydia was heartbroken over losing the only job she'd ever truly loved. 
Lydia tried to commit suicide by aiming a gun at her chest, but the bullet miraculously bounced off her breastbone and she survived. Even with Lydia out of the picture, Madame Matisse wasn't satisfied. She filed for divorce in 1939. Matisse promptly hired Lydia once again. As he grew old and frail, Lydia cared for Matisse through bouts of asthma and arthritis and a battle with cancer. When France was occupied during World War II, Lydia made sure Matisse stayed warm through frigid winters and always had enough food. She took boxing lessons to protect herself from leering soldiers as she trudged through the streets tending to the painter's personal and business affairs. Throughout their partnership, Matisse marveled at Lydia's work ethic and resourcefulness. He once joked that he wouldn't be surprised to discover Lydia knew how to fly an airplane. Matisse expressed his gratitude by gifting Lydia original sketches twice a year. She also spent a huge portion of her wages buying more work from the painter, who she admired above all other artists. She argued that she should pay the same price as any other collector. In Matisse's final years, Lydia helped him complete his final works, including the colored paper cutouts now regarded as one of his most brilliant artistic innovations. Matisse sketched Lydia for the last time the day before his death. As he finished the piece, he said, It will do. Matisse died on November 3, 1954. His family still resented Lydia, and she didn't attend his funeral. For the rest of Lydia's life, she dedicated herself to growing Matisse's legacy as one of the greatest painters of the 20th century. She published two large volumes on his work and loaned the art she owned to galleries and museums. She wanted her fellow Russians to know and appreciate Matisse's genius, and she is largely responsible for the collection of Matisse paintings that exist in Russia today. Lydia took her own life in 1998 when she was 87 years old. She was buried first in France and then in Russia near St. Petersburg. Both of Lydia's gravestones were inscribed with a quote often attributed to Pablo Picasso. Matisse preserved her beauty for eternity. All month we're highlighting muses. For more information, check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Womanica Podcast. Special thanks to Liz Kaplan, my favorite sister and co-creator. As always, we'll be taking a break for the weekend. Talk to you on Monday.